Hey, listeners, welcome. You are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'm your host, Robert, and for the next hour, we will be talking about cars and playing some groovy music. We've got a great show tonight. I hope that I got a really, really cool, interesting guest for you guys tonight. So uh, I'm really excited about this guy. But at any rate, so right now, I want everybody to sit back, buckle up, and let's enjoy this e-ticket ride. Hey, we're on the air here. We got, well, let's see. Let's bring up the date on some of the um, uh, 
some of the events that are coming up here. We got um, one that I'm looking forward to here would be the uh, boat races in October. October, the first weekend in October is the boat races, the super boat races. When we had those last year, they were done in Clearwater Beach. They had the hot pits at uh, the Coachman Park. And, uh, well, actually, you shouldn't say hot pits, but like the, the dry pits. So you actually, you could go there and you could just kind of hang out at the uh, Coachman Park there. They had refreshments and food and some entertainment and stuff like that. And they had all the boats. So you could walk up and you could talk to all the guys in the pits and uh, while they're working on their boats. And sometimes you're lucky you get to talk to the driver or at least catch a glimpse of them. And then on the down at the Seminole Boat Ramps is where they've got the uh, – um, uh, that's where they're actually uh, dropping the boats in the water. Okay, so if you're lucky, you can walk over there. It's a couple blocks away down there off Fort Harrison. It's uh, some of the boat ramp, and then what they got going on over there is they've got uh, the big crane and everything like that. So they pick up these big, you know, 24 to 45 or 48 foot boats and some beautiful stuff, uh, and then they drop them in the water. And then of course they cruise on out to uh, Clearwater Beach, and then the actual race is going to be out uh, in front of the Clearwater Beach. I guess it would be the Hilton, past the Sand Pearl, down towards uh, uh, Hurricane Pass, or just before Caladese, and they turn around and they come back. So I think it's uh, a couple-mile, three-, four-mile race. And uh, so that should be a lot of fun. So I hope everybody turns out on Clearwater Beach. That's the first weekend in October, and that's for the uh, Superboat races. Um, let's see what else we got going on. Uh, also, the first weekend in October, we have at Silver Springs, there's a big car show there. It's a big GM car show at Silver Springs, and it's sponsored by, uh, by uh, National Parts Depot. And um, that uh, should be a pretty good turnout. It's usually a pretty good turnout um, with just tons of GM cars. So it's everything. It's General Motors. And uh, they usually do that in January also. They have a big Ford show. And uh, so that works out real good for the uh, Ford guys. So we got some for the GM guys in the fall, kind of you know, upcoming fall. And then we got the big deal in the uh, in spring for or in January. I guess that's the dead of winter uh, for the Ford guys. Um, also, let's see what else we got coming up. Oh, yeah. Hey, hi to my buddies out there at uh, Sunshine Drag Strip because it is testing two night Wednesdays. And uh, uh, I've been out there a few times. That's a lot of fun. So, Hazley, if you're out there, you know, you're uh, – Sit behind the mic, announcing all the cars that are going on down the strip, and uh, that should be going on between. Oh, I guess it starts around five o'clock, and it'll be going on until about nine or ten, maybe a little bit later. So, uh, how are we doing, Lily? We got anybody on the air? We got a caller? No. Here's what's going on. Um, I got the next song queued up. I okay. Got this ad edited that you wanted to play. Oh, okay. That needed some editing, and um, I'm trying to get your guest, and he's uh, he's on route right now, but um, he'll be there shortly. Well. We're, we're, we are trying. Okay, good, we're good, good. Both numbers, so. Well, go ahead. Let's uh, let's uh, take an ad break here real quick, and then we'll play the next song. Then I'll get back to some more uh, events coming up. Okay. Hey, listeners. This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'd like to tell you about a great pizza shop right here in downtown Clearwater, Bros Pizzeria, voted number one in the city of Clearwater. They're located at five four seven South Fort Harrison Avenue. They have great New York style pizza as well as delicious lasagna, spaghetti and meatballs, manicotti, linguine. And if you're in the neighborhood for lunch, they have great hot and cold sandwiches and appetizers. So call 727-441-6025 for takeout and deliveries. Or stop by for a veal parmesan dinner and a nice glass of vino. That's Bro's Pizzeria. Check out their website and watch my friend Olti create a spectacular pizza before your very eyes. What would you like on your pizza? Call Bro's Pizzeria, 727-441-6025. That's 727-441-6025. And tell them Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. 
Hey, okay, we're back. Hey, by the way, now we're trying to find our uh, our guest. He's uh, he's in Orlando, so uh, he might be on route. Might have got caught in some traffic. Uh, you know how that gig goes. And of course, this is live radio, so anything's possible in live radio. You know, so he may uh, you never know. He might even walk through the door. Nonetheless, uh, let's say in the meantime, I'll tell you what we'll do. I'm going to have open lines, and uh, if you guys want to call in and just talk about cars. Call us here at the radio station, 727-441-3000. That's 727-441-3000. I don't normally take uh, call-ins, but uh, just to sit there and make the show kind of uh, change it a little bit, we'll, uh, we'll do that, and you guys can call in and uh, you know throw whatever you got at me, and uh, I'll see if I can answer your car questions and talk about car parts and stuff. We got our caller? Yes, sir. All righty. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, let's uh, go ahead and uh, let's introduce our caller. Uh, our caller's on the phone. I want to tell you about this guy, first of all. He's uh, been in the car business for a while, but he's not really your typical car business kind of guy. His name is Grady Bishop. He's out of Orlando, and the name of his company is Extreme Stunt Driving Team, Inc. And uh, so this is kind of an unusual guest. This is the first time we've ever had anybody like this on her. He's got a different slant on the automotive world and uh, all the stuff that he does with trick cars. And uh, I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen some of the movies where he's done some of his fantastic work so without further ado let's welcome our guest grady bishop grady you there yeah i'm here <laughs> hey okay we, we were a little worried there we thought you might have got caught in traffic how you doing well i'm not caught in traffic i'm actually back in the russian arm out of the trailer so i can send our partner craig on his way to toronto canada so that he can do a chevrolet commercial and I, we didn't expect it to go this late but we got caught in the rain so oh. i'm actually climbing into this monstrosity right now and about to back it out of this big humongous trailer and Send him on his way to go to 200 miles an hour and film Chevrolets all week. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, um, real quick, while you're there, why don't you tell our listeners, um, and for all you listeners, t- flip on your computers real quick. So if you're watching the show uh, streamed live at uh, 10 Talk uh, AM 1340 here, you might want to flip over to uh, Grady. Tell them about your website and what uh, what you're doing and what kind of vehicle you're in right now. Uh, the website is www.extreme, E-X-T-R-E-M-E-S-T-U-N-T, extreme stunt, all run together, dot com. And the vehicle that I'm actually backing out of a 13-foot, 4-inch trailer right now is a Mercedes ML55 AMG, a 500-horse SUV. And on top of it is a $650,000 Russian aerospace-designed robotic camera arm. That has actually won an Academy SciTech Award from the Academy of, uh, of uh, Arts and Sciences. Wow. And what exactly does this thing do? So kind of put it in perspective, paint a little picture here for our listeners. What it is, it's a uh, SUV. On top of it is a 25-foot um, uh, arm that a camera mounts to, that it has a, uh, a robotic head, a four-axis head, which is what we mount the cameras to, that will pan left. Pan left to right, it'll tilt up and down, and it'll dutch. In other words, it'll turn the camera, you know, at a tilt angle, kind of like in uh, Days of Thunder when you saw him go around the corner. As he hits into the corner, you see the the camera tilt. Looks like he's climbing up a wall. Hmm. Okay. And it's got um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven monitors in it, so that we can see what the camera sees. And what we do is we call the actors into the car, or we call tell them to hold their spot and we climb around them and this robotic camera arm spins completely around the mercedes and it goes up and down it can go anywhere from 19 feet to 25 feet now is this so let me see if i got this right so in other words this camera 
Let's assume the other car that you're filming more than likely has a hole in it or a sunroof hole, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, so then this camera would be remotely controlled by a... So you got a guy that drives the vehicle, and then you have another person that's an operator that actually drives this or controls this camera and then drops it over the car that you're filming and drops it inside the sunroof and gets basically a 365-degree perspective or view of whatever what, what all's going on inside the car, correct? We can do that. It actually takes three of us. It takes one man to run the the, uh, the head, which the camera mounts on. It takes another guy to operate the arm. So it's three of us working in unison together. Mm-hmm. And we have to call in the driver. So the stunt drivers used to do car commercials all the time, unless they've really been trained with this vehicle, like our drivers have with the Extreme Stunt Driving Team. It's kind of a problem because it takes us so long to establish a shot because there's so many moving components and so many different people that are controlling the shot at the same time and then uh the only people that really ride in the car with the arm operator and the head operator and the driver is usually the director uh the director of photography what we call the dp and then the focus puller the guy that makes sure that the the shot is in focus through the entire run of the shot so now for the purposes of a movie the cars are modified to accommodate all the equipment, the camera equipment. But when I, when you're doing the commercials, do you have are those cars specially modified to do that? So in other words, this would be let's say not a car that was just simply taken off the lot. I mean, in some some views probably would be, but for the purposes of some of the other photography where you have to get inside the car and kind of watch, you actually have a hole in the roof, and then those cars are modified for the purposes of the commercial, correct? This, um, well, that's usually we just use the sunroof. Okay. But um, our, uh, our Mercedes, um, the, uh, the crane lives on it full time. Except for the other day, we, ha- we actually had to take it off of the uh, Mercedes on a, uh, a Suburban that actually mounts on the railroad tracks for North, North, Norfolk Southern Railroad because we had to chase a train up and down the tracks and shoot a commercial for the railroads. Interesting. Okay, that's a picture. That, there's a picture of that on your website, correct? Um, I'm not sure if that one's up yet, but you can also find us on Facebook, and there's pictures of it on Facebook. Oh, that's where I saw it on Facebook. Okay, yeah. And it's a white Suburban, is that what it was? Uh-huh. Okay, you're sitting on a set of railroad tracks with this arm. So this arm, you can actually take off and remove and put it on other vehicles then? Yeah, it takes us about 22 minutes to get the arm off of the car and mount it on another car. And then um, what takes us longer is to change out all the monitors and the umbilical cords, because there's quite a bit of an umbilical, um, you know, uh, electronics cords that go from the crane itself into the uh, back of the car. So how exactly does this mount on the vehicle? Where in, is it mounted on the roof? Is it mounted on the rear externally, internally, or how do you exactly, I mean, how's it? It's actually mounted on the roof uh, externally, and we had to modify and strengthen the, um, we had to modify and strengthen the uh, uh, luggage rack on top of the car. Mm-hmm. So we went in and modified that, and it basically just bolts right to it. We have we have some hinges that uh, actually help bolt the uh, crane to the top of the car. And we've done everything from, you know, 10 miles an hour using it as an overgrown dolly to 120 miles an hour chasing Formula One and NASCARs around the track. That's amazing. So you got to stay in sync with whatever you're filming. Totally. And we're basically running by monitors. It's almost like flyby. It's almost like playing a video game. Oh, no so kidding. I've got a monitor where I can see what they see in the camera so that I can call the uh you know the other driver in mm-hmm. and i can tell him hold that line or we're going to boom we're going to boom right and move move right you need to move left and we do ballet so basically we're calling the ballet in on the phone as we as we're on the run 
Now, is this piece of equipment that you have, is this kind of unique, or is this kind of like uh, customary in the industry? Um, there's there's a little bit, there's more of them than there used to be, mm-hmm. but the ones that, uh, the other people that have tried to uh, reverse engineer this, their cranes aren't near as responsive, mm-hmm. they aren't near as safe, and they aren't near as um, light and durable, and then the stabilized, the gyro-stabilized uh, camera heads that are on this thing are just ungodly. I mean, they're just, it's amazing. Hmm. Um, now, name some of the movie. How long have you had this piece of equipment? Uh, we're the only one on the East Coast that has it. Most okay. of them live out of L.A. Okay. And we've had this here for about four months now. It's taken us five years to put this deal together between a company called Filmotechnic Canada, which are the Russian rocket scientists that, that designed and built this thing. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it took us five years to, to get this here. It's a combination of extreme stunt driving team, carpenter camera cars, and um, Filmotechnic Canada. Okay. You can look them up online as well. Okay. Um, so the, the if you had to put a cost figure, a valuation on this, what type of, how much does a piece of equipment like this cost? The arm itself is six hundred and fifty thousand dollars. The head is another three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. When we've got, let's say, a, a four thirty five mounted on it, it's uh, that's probably another two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. The lenses that we use, because they're they're um, uh, remote focus lenses, are usually anywhere from from sixty to ninety thousand dollars. And then the the uh, Mercedes itself is a good sixty thousand dollar vehicle. Wow! Especially the AMG. Hey, great. We got to just take a break for a second here. So hang on. Don't hang up because we're going to get right back to you. And I wanted to uh, find out from you uh, which movies this uh, equipment's been used in that uh, some of our listeners might be familiar with. So hang on, okay? Don't go away. We'll be right back. Pop, pop, 
Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. We are back. Ready? you still there? Ready. Still here. Okay, cool, Beans. Hey, I just popped up your uh, website there, and uh, let's see. I just clicked over to Extreme Stunt and Driving Team, and I went to uh, Video Gallery. So if anybody else is out there got, got your computers on, turn into uh, Video Gallery, and you've got finished spots, behind-the-scenes, live shows, and demo reels. So, uh, um, yeah, before the break, I wanted to find out, what name some of the, uh, the movies that uh, you've used this equipment, this piece of equipment in. That some of our uh, listeners might be familiar with. This, one of the biggest movies that's been used on lately, um, it was really used predominantly, was The Hulk. Oh, The Hulk? And uh, it was used for not only the stunt shots, but also the visual effects shots. And actually, when you see The Hulk running down the street and you see his POV, what we call POV, which is his point of view, mm-hmm. then um, what happens is uh, it's basically the Russian arm running down the street at a high angle. And it represents um, the uh, the Hulk running down the street through all the explosions and all the mayhem. Okay, so it's not only used just for the cars. It's used for just uh, all kind of action uh, filming, then, basically. Yeah, that's what the that's actually what the Mercedes is for. It's actually a, a, just a camera car, but it's a what we call a specialty camera car. Gotcha. Um, kind of like if you watch Gone in sixty seconds, we had our Honda Pilot for all the low-running shots. Basically, when you saw Nick Cage driving through the shipyard and it looked like the, you were looking through his front bumper of him driving through all that, mm-hmm. that was actually one of our drivers, Armin Garza, was driving the Honda Pilot through that shipyard at a high rate of speed. The Pilot was one of those uh, dune buggy-looking uh, rigs that uh, Honda had built for, you know, before Polaris and all these guys came out. And the way that it worked was he uh, they actually amped it up twice the power that it had when it came out stock. So, you know, he was running through there, basically drifting through the whole through the whole scene. So instead of Nick Cage running that, it was uh, our guy driving that car. Oh wow! Okay, so then uh, what other name some of the other films that you did? You said you did. Uh, were you involved in the Fast and Furious? 
Yeah, we worked on Too Fast, Too Furious. We supplied 115 precision drivers on the, on the action side. They used extras on the other side of the freeway away from the action. But we were turning the cars around in fighter wing formation, bringing them down through there, turning them around, getting them back to one to save production time where on the other side they were having to show them how to turn the car around, how to back it up. You know, they were, you know, it was almost like mass chaos where we were doing it in, in unified formation because we took all of our drivers out to New Smyrna Speedway and to Lakeland USA Speedway, God rest its soul. It's not there anymore. Um, and we took them out there anywhere from 30 to 40 hours in a three-week period and basically had them make traffic, um, run through traffic, work with the camera cars, and dial them in on everything that we knew that we were going to be doing for Terry Leonard, our second unit director and stunt coordinator, on Too Fast. Hmm. And so they never waited on us. They never looked for us. We didn't wreck one vehicle that wasn't supposed to be wrecked getting back to first position. Interesting. Um, so in that particular movie, um, what were some of the what what are some of the challenges that you really face when you're doing some of these stunts? For example, I mean, you know, like you were talking to me earlier off the air, we were talking a little bit about the uh, where the car at the very end, where the Yanko Camaro, the Yanko clone rather, you know, flies up and then lands on the uh, boat. How describe us in a little detail how uh, how that basically was kind of coordinated. Well, they did that one on what we call fly-by-wire, kind of like you see the people whenever they go out to the Bahamas and stuff, and they take the little cable trolley and they slide down the cable. Mm -hmm. So that's basically what they did with that car for one of the shots, and they actually cabled it and slammed it into a boat that was sitting on, for lack of a better term, glorified jack stands, and uh, in the middle of the parking lot at Miami Homestead International Motor Speedway. Okay. So one of the other shots that we did was when you see the Mustang go between the two trucks, Mm-hmm. And then it gets pinned underneath the truck and squirts out the back. That was actually three different takes. It took us almost two weeks to shoot that for all the lead-up sequence. And then what we did is we had um, the uh, Troy Brown, the stunt driver, came up in the uh, Saline uh, Mustang, and he basically bounced off the two trucks, actually ran into their back wheels. They were driving down the road. Those trucks were driven by George Sack and by um, Jim Wilkie. Jim Wilkie's also the guy that flipped the truck end over end on Batman the Dark Knight. Oh, really? And he really did that. That was not computer generated. He flipped that truck end over end twice, once for rehearsal in the world's record and once for the actual stunt. So basically, um, we took the car, we mounted it on an arm with the arm, uh, the car hanging down off of it, put the stunt guy in it, went driving down the road, the effects guy riding in the back of that gravel hauler pushed a button, swung the car underneath the uh, tractor trailer, and we saw the stuntman in the car. It goes underneath the trailer and sold that part of the stunt. Then we came back, took that whole apparatus off, and that apparatus mat was mounted between the back wheels and the trailer. Then we took the car and actually hung one underneath the trailer with a dummy in it. It had a little bit of a ramp so that once we dropped it, the trailer would jump the car. And I was running right beside him, pulling the Boston Whaler when we sported that, that car out from underneath that truck. Oh, no kidding. And there, and there was an effects guy riding in that trailer in a big, massive roll cage with a bungee cord so that it wouldn't sling him around. Interesting. So, so after we did that, then we hung the car off the back of the truck so that we see it come out. And then it dropped it on the ground so that the, the uh, Corvette that ran up behind him was supposed to hit the front end of the car and spin out. What ended up happening was the Corvette couldn't see because of the tire smoke, and we were too much into it to call abort, so he hit it, and the car flipped over. Well, the, the Corvette had no roll cage in it. We were all very worried. The stunt coordinator, who cares more about his, his crew than anybody I've ever known, 
was really worried, and the guy got out without a scratch on him. So was that was that clip actually? I mean, was that actual was was that an actual take then? That was the only take. That was the only take. Oh, <laughs> After okay. we did that, we didn't want to go back, and it was really and it really made it an amazing stunt. And because the guy was in great shape and had great thought process, and that's why you know Terry Leonard hired the guys, and uh, his name is Sammy Maloof. And, uh, you know, because he was quick on his feet and a good qualified stunt person and a good qualified driver, he saved himself, saved the shot, and actually made it a little bit more spectacular. Interesting. Now, uh, you know, I, I don't know much about your industry at all, but if I had to ask a question, when you guys, how much time does it take to prepare for, and I'm sure it varies from scene to scene, but let's say that one you just described to us. How often did you have to do takes on it? How often did you have to rehearse? How many cars do you have to prep? I mean, how much time before, during, uh, you know, what all's, what all's involved? I mean, just kind of give us just like a, a rough idea. And, of course, you have to get the cars prepped and everything like that too, correct? Yeah, the fabricators had those cars before we ever rolled one inch of film, and they were in a big, huge picture car garage, and they have to work with the effects guys that made that car swing up underneath that trailer. And uh, pre-production on a movie that size is usually – six to eight months oh, before really? they ever print, before we ever roll an inch of film. Um, the bigger the film, the bigger the stunts, the longer the pre-production, because there's one thing they'll teach you in film school, pre-production, pre-production, pre-production. Can I say it one more time, pre-production? <laughs> because the more you prepare before you get on the set, the less fires you're going to have to put out and the less overages you're going to have. Mm-hmm. The thing about it is a lot of the producers, because they're chasing the free money and the tax incentives around, they don't want to put that money into the pre-production, and it ends up costing them in the end twice as much. If they let us do what we do and realize that we're trying to save them money, which nowadays they do because what this economy and the change of people chasing the incentives has done is the guys that went in and made their big killings and raped production companies are falling by the wayside. Um, the uh, the the production managers are stepping in now, and they're really watching everything with tight scrutiny, and they're hiring good quality people and the people that were out there to rape the garden, as we say, instead of you know cultivating it and fertilizing it and making it grow so we can keep eating from it. Uh, those guys are falling by the wayside, and the real in-the-trenches working guys, they really want to be good filmmakers and care. You know, in a way, it's kind of a, a it's kind of a cleansing that this industry needed. I think. Mm-hmm. So, would it be fair to say then that to, for this the actual stunts that there's probably more time, more effort, more uh, uh, preparation done for that as opposed to let's say just the regular acting and stuff like that? Would it be, would that be a fair statement? Um, the acting takes a certain amount depending on what kind of character it is. You know, for example, if you're playing RoboCop, you know, you've got to get down. I mean, Peter Weller actually went out and learned how to walk and act like a robot. And a lot of guys, you know, on the set, you know, there's there's no, there's, there's sometimes there's no religion on a movie set. And But, you know, I really respect the guy because he went out and did that. So it just depends. But also with the stunts that we're doing now, we enable the actors to do so much more of their own work because of the safety and the innovation that's being done by people like Lane Levitt, Scott Leva. I mean, these are big names in the industry that have taken all this. Used to, the effects guys were the ones that built everything that taught us, caught us, chunked us, and beat us up. Now... It's people that have to ride the stuff that are designing it, and it's actually made it a lot better. We still use the effects guys. We haven't taken them out by any means because we wouldn't be where we were without them. Mm-hmm. And you've got to know where you started, where you came from, where you've been to know where you're going. And so they've actually helped us quite a bit And because uh, a lot of the effects guys actually jump over to stunts, you know, from time to time. Gotcha. So 
the equipment that we have now at Specialized, for example, flying the car into the boat, that was the stunt riggers. And, and we've got some of the best stunt riggers here, you know, in the country. Bobby Calvert, who was one of my partners for a long time, um, he's a good stunt rigger. And um, he actually just finished Fast and Furious 5. Oh, wow. And some of the other stunt riggers that are out there, again, Lane Levitt, Scott Leva, these are people that actually understand the fly-by-wire, the rigging, um, and they've actually, you know, we've jumped from leaps and bounds. Now a stunt person's longevity used to be 25, 35 years old, maybe 40 if they were really good. Nowadays, you know, these guys are doing stunts till they're, you know, 60 and 70. Wow. Hey, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. So hang on. Don't go away because we're going to get right back to you. And I want to talk to you a little bit about some of the upcoming films in the area here in Florida that you might be involved in. Okay? So hang on. All righty. This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. If you'd like to play golf, Magnolia Valley Golf Club is offering some specials this week. Give them a call up there at 727-847-2342. They have a 9-hole executive course, and they have an 18-hole par 72. And they've got great food on the 19th hole. So call my friend Pete at 727-847-2342. And be sure to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Hey, okay, we're back. Uh, Grady, you still hanging in there? Yeah, we're still here. Okay. Tell us about some of the upcoming films that are going to be coming up that uh, you're going to be involved in as far as uh, stunts. Um, well, as far as films, we're not sure. We're up for we're up for a couple of them right now. Um, we're sending from Film Technic Canada 
the guys are going over to Prague to work on the next Mission Impossible movie, and they're going over to actually everywhere that they're taking that movie. I think it's shooting in Prague and everywhere. Is that, the other day. Is Tom Cruise uh, going to be in that one again? Got, uh, in actually coming to the state now that we finally have our film incentives back. Um, we have Transformers 3 coming. We have uh, Men in Black is coming. Um, they're still all in pre-production. Uh, there's a 3D movie that's actually being shot in um, uh, a water movie, a dolphin movie. I'm not sure exactly what it's about um, down in Sarasota. And uh, actually, that was one thing that we went and met with him with. Uh, our Russian arm vehicle is the only one that is uh, applicable for the 3D cameras. We have the only head that the 3D cameras can work on. So we're giving them, you know, quite the uh, run for their money. The other companies are trying to figure out how and they can't. Still there? Yeah, I'm still here. You there? Okay. I saw yeah, they're cutting here. it out. Okay. So, um, yeah, so that's uh, looking at. Um, I know we still have, uh, you know, we still have burn notice and we still have the glades and, and shows like that that are coming in. But hopefully this, this film incentive will bring our production back to florida we need it badly okay yeah I, you know burn notice that's kind of a good show that's on thursday nights over here and i kind of like that show a lot with that michael west guy or western mm -hmm. guy yeah, that's a pretty good show so you're yeah. involved in the stunts on that show um i went down the other day and did some stunt driving for uh court hester the second unit director uh stunt coordinator um that's on the show and uh that was pretty fun because we started out at, at uh, universal uh -huh. um i knew him before he got his his screen actors guild card as a stunt person and now he's getting nominated for emmys of course, he had to leave for, you know, he had to leave Florida to do it because several years ago we lost our film incentives and we lost 71% of our production resources, people, and equipment to places like New Orleans, uh, Atlanta, uh, New Mexico, where they had film incentives when we didn't. Oh, wow. And that uh, and the TV show, um, uh, uh, Burn Notice, they use that 71, 72 Charger. Do you have anything to do with any of those cars on that show? Um, we don't, but I, I actually got to see it the other day. They've got a, you know, they've got a couple of them. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a lot of those cars, they had to, you know, start making replicas out of them because they went through so many on Dukes, <laughs> uh, Dukes of Hazard. It wasn't even funny. I mean, they had, they had teams the whole time that show was in production. They had teams going around the country trying to find as many of them as they could. Okay. Well, these are the Dukes of Hazard cars. I think were 69 chargers. I think in this TV show, he's using 71, 72s, but nonetheless. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So, um. Well, now, how much of the actual driving do you, and like motorcycle riding, how much do you actually do yourself? I don't do anything on bikes. I usually hire that done. There's mm -hmm. some really good people here, and we've actually got a pretty good um, crop of stunt drivers and motorcycle riders now because of the live show that, uh, that we put in over at Walt Disney World at the uh, Disney Hollywood Studios. Mm -hmm. We put in a show there called Lights, Motors, Action, Extreme Stunt Show, and we hired everybody from Florida. We, we refused to go to L.A. and New York to, uh, to audition because we knew we had enough people here because of the racing series and the stunt industry. And because our stunt industry was hurting so bad because of not having the film incentives, not being backed by the state for so many years, um, you know, we put those people to work. Uh, we trained them how to drive the cars. We trained them how to do all the stunts. And uh, it was a three-year project. So, you know, we'll hire the people out of there because those guys are laying down bikes, jumping bikes, ramp to ramp, jumping through windows uh, every day, three times a day, 365 days a year in the rain, sleet, snow, hail, light and dark. And you just can't find anybody better. It's like, a, it's like being paid to uh, practice your trade. Do you, um, did I understand when we're talking, do you actually have a school there where you teach people how to go through uh, stunt school or stunt driver or stunt, uh, just stunts in general? 
We have what's called a clinic. We don't really do a school. Um, what we do is we have a stunt driving clinic, and it's basically for people that are already in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used uh, we have a lot of people that want to go to that show, and if uh, you know we get enough people to fill a class, um, then we'll do it. Um, otherwise, it's you know it's 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 kind of hard to you know overcrowd the industry because there's on any given day there may be work for 2500 of the 7000 stunt people that there are in this industry and in the United States. Okay, so my next question would have been if somebody wanted to get into this business or this industry, how would they go about doing it? Well, it's it's tough because there are so many mm-hmm. and there's so little work. Um, if you're willing to put in the, you know, the due diligence and do all the training, not only physically, but, you know, you can't really specialize anymore. Used to, we had guys that were specialized in high falls like a Dar Robinson or a Bob Brown, and we had guys that were good at fire gags like a Dick Zyker or a Ronnie Rondell. You know, now you've got to do everything. It's, uh, what I tell people, it's like being a rancher. If you're a rancher, you've got to be an architect, a plumber, a veterinarian, a seamstress, a cook, uh, no irrigation. I mean, you've got to be able to do everything. And what we used to call a handy guy mm-hmm. or a handy girl. And the more you know, the better off you are. If you know camera, that makes you even better. The old days of, of just being a stunt guy that say, okay, go fall off that. Okay, good. Cut. Go home. If you understand camera and you understand the filmmaking process, the more you know about what everybody does on a set, the better off you're going to be. And a lot of people just don't grasp that. And what? So what happens is they get out there and they try to work. And, you know, yeah, they'll work for a couple of years, but you know, if they can't think through the lens, then, you know, they're pretty much worthless as, as a stunt person. you got to know both sides of the camera to really be a good a good stunt person. You uh, you talked about the show that you do in, uh, at, is it Universal Studios or Disney World? Uh, Disney World. Disney World, okay. At uh, Walt Disney at the uh, Disney Hollywood Studios. Okay, and you, you drive in that, right? Sometimes? No. No, no, I actually was hired to uh, audition, hire, and train the uh, stunt people for that okay. show, design, uh, design, redesign the show quite a bit. We had luckily we had hindsight twenty twenty, and we took everything they learned from a, a show that they already had existing in Paris at the Disney Studios in Paris, hmm. and we actually made it. You know, I, I won't say better because Remy Julien designed the show over in Paris, and he's one of my idols. Hmm. I'll say we just changed a few things, and we learned from from what happened to that show after he turned it loose. So basically, he did the same thing we did. Uh, we put the show in, uh, we trained the opening cast, and then we just turned the keys over to him. Only, fortunately, they gave the show our company name, which is really nice for us. Okay. Hang on, we got to take another break here. We'll be right back, so don't go away, because i got a whole bunch more questions for you, okay? All right, buddy. Thank you.
Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'd like to tell you about Naughty Nancy. No, this isn't a story about a bad girl. This is a truth about a great place to eat and hang out. Naughty Nancy's Food Shack, located at 700 Eldridge Street in the downtown Clearwater area, is a quaint little place nestled under some huge oak trees serving great food and drink and a wonderful, friendly atmosphere. That's Naughty Nancy's, 727-446-3717. They have 10 daily specials as well as many different styles of cooking from Cajun, New England, Country Gourmet, and even Short Order, prepared just the way you want it. So check out this groovy little dew drop in right on the trail. So jog up to our front door, ride up on your bicycle, drive up in your car, or pull up on your motorcycle. And visit my friend Nancy and place your order. That's Naughty Nancy's, 727-446-3717. Hey, mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars and you might get a free drink. Okay, Grady, you back? Yeah, we're still here. All right, that's good. Sound like you're in a sound room now. Yeah, we're uh, it's we're echoing. Sitting here, we're, we're sitting here in our shop, sitting okay. next to our high-speed camera car. Okay. Um, tell us a little bit where some of the cars are fit. You know, some of the cars that you use for the stunts, stunt vehicles, Where? what's the process that they go through? You mentioned to me uh, earlier off-air that uh, they go up to North Carolina or someplace like that. Well, what we do is uh, that's where one of our fabrication shops are. The two main picture car companies and the largest is the cinema picture cars in los angeles and the picture car warehouse and those are two of the largest that there are and they have for example let's say we're shooting in los angeles and we're shooting um uh we're shooting uh die hard we're gonna need all those squad cars you go out there in their yard and there's like 200 squad cars out there with working lights the whole nine yards so that's that's what they'll do is they'll ship those across country or like what we did on Too Fast they went to the Miami um, uh, police auction and bought every single car they had. Oh no kidding! And that was all of our squad cars that we used. We had the Fords and the Chevys, of course. I mean, I, I've got a Chevy, but as far as stunt cars, the Crown Victoria for me is the best one going, and I would I would knock people out of the way to get to that squad car. Oh, I would no actually kidding. push people into the ground to get to uh, Ford. It's just, it's funny you mention that because I got uh, one of my customers is cop cars online, okay? And what they do is they specialize in, in, uh, in late model cop cars. They buy and sell them, fix them, refurbish them. And uh, they're, even though they're Chevy guys, he said the same thing. The Crown Vic is a much better uh, cop car. And uh, yeah. all the law enforcement agencies say the same thing. So that's why they're still making it, even though it's not available to the public. Um, the police package, Crown Vics are still available. They're Ford still building those, which is a good thing. Well, they're actually going to quit in 2012. They're actually going to make their last one in 2012, which was sad for me. But there's, oh, really? there's a new company that's out there, and we've actually got the prototype. This thing's got suicide doors on it. And um, this, if you look it up online, I can't remember. What is that car called, Craig? Oh, never mind. Carbon Motors. Carbon Motors. If you look up Carbon Motors, there's a squad car, the LED light. I mean, it looks like... It looks like a cross between RoboCop, a disco ball, and and Mad Max, <laughs> and it's and the suicide doors on it. It's amazing. So this is cop car specific, then. Yeah, this, yeah, that one is. As a matter of fact, we're going to be using it on a uh, film for a couple of. There was a couple of uh, guys that actually graduated from Full Sail, started their own production company, and they actually got one for their uh, their first feature that they're trying to get. I think they've actually got it funded. I'm not sure. Huh. But um, they're good friends of ours. Uh, Cody Foltz is the uh, director of photography, and, and we've actually got to make a mock-up because this is uh, one of a kind. They've got one made right now. The guy's going to bring it to us after he debuts it at, uh, I think, the Performance Racing Industry Show. 
and after he does, we're going to try to make a uh, Chrysler um, 300 look like uh, this car. They're pretty close as far as body style. But, you know, we're going to have to augment it and make it look like one. So we're going to mock up the 300 to look like that car for the chase scene so that we don't tear up the prototype, but we can go tear up the Chrysler. Who, uh, what, uh, so what's a, what powers this car? I mean, who's a chassis? I mean, uh, who's, who's, who, I mean, it's an independent company that's building it, obviously. So in other words, but they got to use somebody's chassis and driveline. So who would that be? BMW? Uh, diesel makes the motor for it, and BMW and, diesel. and BM, oh, BMW Diesel is making the the motor for it. Oh, really? Um, Homeland Security's got orders, and Homeland Security's already got orders for these cars. You can <laughs> find it online. It's a pretty amazing looking vehicle. Okay, is it a big car? It's a big. It's a big four door. It looks like the Chrysler 300. It looks like a cross between that and the uh, and the new Dodge Charger. Oh, interesting. Okay. It's got suicide doors on it, so I guess that way you can open up the back doors and catch the bad guys on the run down the street and then slam the door on them. When you build these uh, stunt cars, or when you get these cars ready for their stunt scenes, do you determine which, in other words, what type of uh, stunts these vehicles are going to go through to determine how heavy you're going to reinforce them, what engine modifications you're going to do to them, you know, to make them faster, whether you, you you know, build up the engines in them, whether you use nitrous, whether you, uh, you know, beef up the brakes, uh, you know, uh, roll cages and uh, and all the other safety equipment. Is was that, uh, can you kind of elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, like, for example, on Punisher, I actually took the two Roadrunners from Punisher and one of, uh, one of the stunt guys that was on the Disney show with us bought one. One was full race. I mean, you know, we smelled the gas in the in the gas tank, and they were running 100% full race gas. Oh, really? I mean, so, you stood behind that one of those cars that they had, and they had full roll cage in. I mean, it was full tilt boogie. You know, you could have run a thing, you know, at Talladega back in the day. Um, and then the other one was pretty much the same, but it was pretty much bone stock. So usually you have the car modified. Let's say we're going to do a pipe ramp. And that's kind of the rollover ramps. You see, you'd see them drive up, or the same ones we drive on two wheels, and they flip them over. Well, a pipe ramp, you actually have to, it's a big steel pipe built in the same way, and you hit it at about 30 miles an hour, you grease the pipe, and you hit it with the A-frame of the car. And so with that one, we use, you know, a pretty heavy-duty roll cage. You don't just go with a four-point or a loop behind the seat. You really go in there with, a you know, at least a good six-point roll cage, heavy-duty, um, a lot of a lot of the guys now are starting to use the seats that NASCAR has designed, so that it has the rib and neck and head protection, so you're not flopping around in the car, and you know you can walk away from it. So it's like some a NASCAR. Of the guys are using what's called the Insta cage. They have mm-hmm. the four roll cages in the cars, but some guys like a specific seat. So they'll actually put they roll before they put the roll cage in the car. They'll put this Insta cage in the car, and after they wreck it, they have to cut the car apart so the guy can get his Insta cage out. Wow. Hey, uh, Grady, I just got the uh, couple-minute warning here, so uh, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Would you be willing to come back on and we could talk a little bit more about this because there's so many more questions uh, I'd like to ask, and I'd find, like to find out a little bit more about your industry. Is that fair? Hey, no problem. Just okay. let us know. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the air. Our, our guest tonight was uh, Grady Bishop from uh, Extreme. What have we got here? What? Mention it one more time, Grady. Extreme Stunt, Stunt and Driving Team Incorporated. We're at www.extremestunt.com. Okay. Well, thanks for coming on the show. All right? All right, brother. Thanks for having us. Okay. I want to mention a couple more of our uh, sponsors real quick. I got Krabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill located on Clearwater Beach. Hey, that's two stories of fun, food, and drink. Go down and visit my friends Krabby or at uh, Turtle, Eddie, and Polly, and all the girls. That's uh, Krabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill on Clearwater Beach, 727 608 2065. And uh, just in case you're roaming around down the beach and you can't find a place to park and uh, you got a car that breaks down, 
And my friend Lefty at Kotaka's towing a call. That's 447-1952. She's located downtown Clearwater at 1141 Court Street. They've got a complete repair facility, body shop, uh, repair shop, uh, towing facility. Give them a call. That's Kotaka's Towing, 727-447-1952. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars this evening. Be sure and tune in next week. And I guess we're almost out of here. Lee, thanks for hanging in there with us and keeping everything under control. And, uh, hey, it's live radio, so anything's possible, okay? So, everybody out there, have a good time. And uh, we're probably going to go over to uh, Naughty Nancy's after the show. You want to join us? All right. Uh, so if you want to made your way, like Mom, Naughty Nancy, she's a great cook. We're either going to go there or we're going to go to Krabby's Beach Walk on the beach. One of the two. So we're all going to pile, in, pile into uh, Lee's new SUV out there. <laughs> He's got himself what, an Expedition. What, I got a new SUV, too? Yeah, an Expedition, right. e, S, uh, an Expedition ELL. Yeah, the long one. Because I, I needed something. You needed something. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs>